0: Father, thank you that you are the one that always fights our battles, that no matter the situation or the circumstance, God, you are right there with us. No matter what the situation or the circumstance, you are right there with us. Amen. 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 Good morning church. As you heard, my name is Hannah and I'm one of the elders at the church and it is such an honor to be able to bring the third part of this uh, passage, this session with you. Is my mic okay? Yeah? Okay. So we're looking at the third section. If you haven't joined us in our Bible studies, I would really recommend that you do. We've been going through Proverbs and we've had two fantastic talks from Mark and Sean over the last couple of weeks. And so for those of you who've been reading the passages this week, you'll know that we're looking at Proverbs 15 to 21. And for those of you who've read them, it will be no surprise as the topic of the talk this morning. We are looking at the power of your words. So if you're taking notes The title for this morning is Speaking with Wisdom and Wisdom with Speaking. Speaking with Wisdom and Wisdom with Speaking. We see the power of our words, the power of words, at the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let the dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered water He called seas. and God saw that it was good. Scientists that are exploring the Big Bang Theory have been smashing subatomic particles together, and they found that one of the earliest forces that you can get is sound waves sound. The power of sound. You know, it's the power of sound that as Jesus spoke to that grave that held Lazarus, he rose and he came from the dead. It's that shout that the Israelites gave as they marched around Jericho that the walls came crashing down. It's as Paul and Silas were in the prison and they lifted their voices and an earthquake happened and they were freed from their chains. It's as Elijah spoke an audible prayer that fire fell from heaven and destroyed the false prophets of Baal. It's as David spoke to Goliath that then he overcame him. It's as Jesus rose out of the water from his baptism that the father spoke to him and said, this is my beloved. Words can harm or heal. They can kill or save. They can discourage or encourage. They can bring salvation or death. And so, Father God, as we get into the main body of your message, I pray that the words I may speak may solely be of you. Father, may we have open hearts to receive your word, open ears to hear it, and open minds to understand it in your almighty name. So I'm going to be using quite a lot of uh, scriptures this morning. Sometimes preachers focus on one or two and other times it's more of a bit of a scattergun and it's definitely the second this morning. If at any point you miss any references, our amazing online pastors have all of them. So please just check in with them. But words are incredibly powerful, and they can cause belief or disbelief. When I was about five years old, we were eating supper, as we always did, around the table, and it was my mum and my dad and my two older brothers. And I remember very clearly that evening what we had. We had breaded fish boiled potatoes, and frozen peas. A very standard, quick and easy, but tasty meal. And as my parents had begun to uh, wash the dishes, and my brothers and I were still at the table, as a five-year-old, I was just looking around, and there was some tartar sauce on the table. It's one of my dad's favourites, and so I was looking at the jar and started to go through the ingredients. And there were some words I knew at that point, and some words I didn't. And one of the words... No one died, it's okay. Uh, And one of the words was capers. So I looked at my brothers and I said, what's capers? In my mind, in my memory, I now see them give a cheeky smile to each other, but I don't actually think that happened because they're very quick-witted. But actually, what happened was they just looked at each other and my oldest brother went, oh, Hannes, you don't know what capers are. Capers are baby fish that are cruelly taken from their mummy and daddy and crushed into a paste and put into tartar sauce. But they make it really tasty, don't they? Well, you can imagine as a five-year-old, I felt a little bit sick after that, and I didn't touch tartar sauce. But I not only didn't touch it for a few years until I found out capers are actually a flower bud and nothing to do with baby fish at all, but I didn't eat tartar sauce until I was probably about 25. Not because I was still hounded by their very typical sibling joke, but because the belief had been set in me that I didn't like tartar sauce simply because of that reason. And so before we begin to look at speaking with wisdom, which is what we're all seeking to do when we're going through Proverbs, and there's so many different nuggets, but I also felt prompted actually to begin with when wisdom isn't spoken. You see, as much as Proverbs speaks about wisdom, it also talks about what it calls foolishness. And I'm sure at points we've all said foolish things, but there's also points where we've had foolish things said to us, and those things can have an incredible effect upon our lives. Proverbs 15:4: the tongue is a that heals is a tree of life, but a devious tongue breaks the spirit. The amplified version puts it, a soothing tongue, speaking words that build up and encourage is a tree of life, but a perversive tongue, speaking words that overwhelm and depress, crushes the spirit. I wonder if you can acknowledge or recognize immediately any particular points where people have said things to you that have crushed the spirit when maybe those foolish words spoken weren't things that brought tree of life, but actually they overwhelmed and maybe even depressed. You see, wisdom is compared with foolishness. And just as powerful as wisdom is, so the foolishness can also have power upon us. When I was at university, I had a good friend who was a really lovely girl, but as an early teenager, she had accidentally overheard a conversation between a close family relative that had spoken very negatively about her weight. That had caused her to develop an eating disorder, but it had also set her on a path where she was desperate for attention and approval. And as a student, she had a very uh, typical cycle of drinking lots and smoking lots and hooking up with multiple different people. And sadly, it left her in a devastated state, time after time after time. And as an early Christian, I'd try and gather around her and tell her about Jesus and talk to her and so on. And she'd make all these declarations of, you know what, yeah, I'm going to change, I'm going to do this. And then sometimes that same evening, she'd be back out the door. Because as any gardener knows, you can pull up the bitter leaves of a dandelion, but if you don't get the root, it will come back again and again and again. And I wonder if those foolish words that maybe the people didn't even realise when they spoke were going to have such an impact as planting that root into you had, I wonder if they're bitter leaves that keep coming back. And as Sean was talking about last week, sometimes we try and we try and we try. But actually, we have to let God. We have to let God be the one who uproots those words. But to uproot those words, we have to let him in. You see, you can be traveling with God for decades and still have areas where you say, no, not there, God. No, 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 we, we don't touch that. You might not even realize those areas that actually you've closed off. But wisdom, as Mark was speaking about in that first week, the fear of the Lord is sitting in awe and wonder at God and genuinely opening yourself and saying, God, where are those areas? Our God is a God who is a very good gardener at uprooting roots. He is the one that can pull out those bitter words. He is the one who can free you from those leaves that seem to come back time and time again. And if you're thinking, yeah, great point Hannah, actually God and I have dealt with those things, that's great. I have one more question for you. How do you speak to yourself? You see, the words that come out of our mouths can often be very different from the words that cycle in our mind. Proverbs 18.4, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters. If you've never joined us for any of our prayer meetings, I would highly recommend that you do. We've got Hour of Power, 7 till 8, and then on a Friday if you're an early bird, 6.30 to 7, and then on a Sunday before church. And if you have been joining us, you'll know that Nita has been speaking for many weeks and encouraging us as a body of Christ to pray for the church to release its voice. And it's something that I've been thinking about over and over these last few weeks and thinking, what stops us? Why don't we release our voice? And I began to wonder, are we actually Jacqueline Hyde? Do we speak one way but speak another way as well? Are we unequally weighted? And is that what caps our voice when we go to speak? I know from experience how venomous those words can be. How crushing of spirit those words can be. And I can guarantee you that just as God can uproot those words that other people have spoken into your life, He can uproot those words that you've spoken over your own life. He can free you from those binds that maybe you speak over yourself most days. And it's just me, I say what I like. You're a creation of God. You're a creation that God said it is good. You're a creation that God poured time and energy and blood into. Those words need to be just as wise as these words. And God rewrites the script. God uproots. But when you uproot, you have a hole and you have to have that hole filled. Otherwise, other things will. That hole can be filled by listening to God. As much as these uh, chapters in Proverbs talk about speaking, they talk a lot about listening as well. We know in Ecclesiastes it says very clearly there's a time to speak, but there's a time to listen. Proverbs 17.28, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. 18.13, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. 18.7, a fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. Wisdom is when we speak and when we don't speak. At Christians, we are phenomenal at some things, and in my opinion, very bad at other things. And I think sometimes it can be not speaking. And we shouldn't be. Jesus gave us an exact example of not speaking in Luke 23, 9. So he, Herod, this is during the trial of Jesus, questioned him, Jesus, at some length, but he made no answer. But he made no answer because Jesus knew the wise thing at that point was to stay silent I wonder what it would look like if we were able to follow that example and scroll past some of the tweets or the comments on social media. I wonder what it would look like if we didn't have to always give our own opinion to, pr- pr- to further our own agenda in certain situations or arguments. You see, listening isn't hearing. Hearing is when you have wind hitting a windshield, and it's just noise, and then you're giving your own view your own agenda anyway. Listening is when you really think and consider and take on boards the words that are spoken. In lockdown, we are seeing the same people over and over again. And as much as we love these humans, at points they are the very last people that we want to see. But I want to encourage you, don't stop listening whether it's to your spouse whether it's to your friend whether it's to your family member don't stop listening 17:27 whoever restrains his words has knowledge 19:27 cease to hear instruction my son and you will stray from the words of knowledge 21:23 whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble and 19:20 listen to advice and accept instruction, that you may gain wisdom in the future. Listen to advice. Are you able to listen to people being your iron sharpness? Or do you jump into defensiveness? Are you able to accept instruction because none of us, none of us have it all together. None of us know exactly what we're doing. None of us know all of the answers, all of the times. We are all growing, all developing, and should all be listening, because then we gain wisdom in the future. So deal with those words, those unwise words that have been spoken to you or you've spoken over yourself. Listen to instruction and then a wise person speaks. Proverbs 16.20, whoever gives thought to the word will discover good. 16.23, the heart of the wise makes his speech judicious. 15.4, a gentle tongue is the tree of life. A gentle tongue is the tree of life. When we speak having listened, when we speak coming from that place where God has uprooted those bitter words, then we can speak with a tree of life. And there's one more aspect needed to speak with wisdom. You see, who you're around is who you start talking like. I know that I call myself a sponge because I can directly link certain phrases and mannerisms that I do to the people that I've been around. Tendi, my fiancé, will often start conversations with Yo, which really fits for him and it makes sense, it's part of who he is. And then the other day, in a fit of just being quick, I messaged a very good friend of mine and said, yo, are you free? I answered the call to her, to her laughing. I just, I imagine her on the floor. I got in it, my G, what's up, my homie, and all sorts of other things. It's gonna take me a very, very long time to live that very quick phrase down. But we pick up phrases from people that we're around. How many phrases are you picking up from God? How many mannerisms are you picking up from spending time in his word and with him? You see, we speak with wisdom when we can reflect Jesus in our words. Jesus didn't always not speak. He didn't always speak. He challenged. He taught. He disagreed. He questioned. Wisdom with speaking isn't always keeping the peace, but it's being the peacemaker. It's sometimes staying silent when you want to justify yourself. It's knowing when to speak and when not to speak. Sometimes it's not putting yourself first and it's being aware of your own agenda. It's asking yourself the hard reflective questions before you start an argument. And so if the band could begin to come up, Proverbs 16:13, "righteous lips are a delight of a king, and he loves him who speaks what is right." Speaking with wisdom and wisdom with speaking, spoken. Allow God into your heart to uproot those bitter words that you've spoken to yourself or to others. Listen to the wisdom that God speaks reflect His voice, and when you're speaking, consider your words. Reflect Jesus in them, be aware of your agenda, and know that He is always there. Church life is hard. It takes twists and turns that we aren't always anticipating or expecting. I so correlate with Paul when he says, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't want to do what I do do. This message isn't a bar that we all need to jump to. We suddenly need to filter all of our words and be careful in how we speak because of what other people might be thinking. This is a journey that all of us, all of us are on. And so I finish with the wise words spoken at Life Tables by Roger Rowland. He said, Wisdom doesn't need to always be given away. Wisdom needs to be loved every day. Wisdom doesn't always need to be given away. Wisdom needs to be loved every day. Let's love wisdom. Allow God to minister and free you. Listen to his word and be refreshed and enriched in it. And then may the fountain of wisdom be a bubbling brook that flows from your mouth. Amen.